One does not simply walk into geekdom. You're entering the Nerd United Nations podcast. You're a nerd. Damn right. I'm a nerd. Naturally. All things geek are up for grabs. Music. Sketch comedy or sitcoms. Doctor Who. I love Tim. Bert. The Flash. Green Lantern. The Trinity. Batman. Superman. Wonder Woman. The Joker. Wait a minute. I want to talk about the Joker. Star Wars. Love me some Star Wars. Magic. I'm an art guy. Paranormal. Halloween is life. Now, here's your ambassadors, Melissa Nicholson and Jared Boots. Hello, nerds and nerdettes. Welcome to the Nerd United Nations podcast. I'm your ambassador from the Midwest, United States, Jared Boots. And if you actually clicked on the episode after you saw the title, welcome to what might be Nerd United Nations podcast's most controversial episode ever. Did you? Yes, you read that correctly. Nerd United Nations defends David Harbour's 2019 Hellboy movie. And of course, I cannot wave this flag alone. With me, as always, is my, she would be the Alice to my Hellboy. Miss Melissa Nicholson from the Great White North of Canada. How are you doing tonight, Melissa? I'm doing very, very well. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty good. I actually got that intro on the first try. A little behind-the-scenes sneak peek for you guys. How many takes my intros take? <laughs> <laughs> my amusement, but it's okay. <laughs> I applaud I, your first try. You nailed it. <laughs> it took six episodes, and I introed four of them to finally get it. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said in the title tonight, it might be our we, we joke, but this might be our most controversial episode ever. We are gonna defend the twenty nineteen Hellboy film starring David Harbour. Yeah. But uh first let's get down to some old business. Are you reading any reading any comics right now week to week or trades or binging anything on the on the old Netflix or Crave TV? Well, I just read uh, the Batman, the White Knight. Um, That's on my list to read, and I just picked up uh, Curse of the White Knight today, the first issue of Curse of the White Knight. Yeah, I want to read that one too. Um, I I don't know what I think about it because it's very different. It's like Joker is sane, and one of one of many sane Joker stories. Yeah, and it, it's. It sort of feels like a bit like a different one, but then I haven't also read other ones, so I can't really say or compare. Um, but it was it was very different, but it was also very like I found well written. Um, the art in it wasn't too bad either. I didn't mind it. So a little bit dark in spots, like a little bit like, eh, but overall um, a really decent story. Um, on my list to read is Doom Patrol. The Grant Morrison version because I recently picked that up, so I'm excited to read that one and how it, you know, um, sort of how loyal they are from like that comic to the show would be be interesting because I know they based a lot of that from his uh, version, so it'll be interesting to read. 
Him and Gerard uh-huh. Way, too. They say I think Gerard Way's Doom Patrol had a lot of influence in the show, too. Yeah, I notice it because I have uh, the first volume of Gerard Way's uh, one, and it's I could see a little bit of it in there. Not a lot, but I could definitely see um, the, the influences that they picked out from that, too. Oh. Oh, and good news, like we shared on our Facebook page, we are getting Season 2 of Doom Patrol. They finally announced at San Diego Comic-Con. Yes! So, we were all all good nerds for uh, Santa Claus this year for Geek Christmas. We are finally getting Season... uh, Finally announced Season 2 of Doom Patrol. And it's going to stay on DC Universe, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, Recently watched... Well, I rewatched Hellboy, watched Shazam. Um, uh, TV-wise, I'm watching, still watching The Flash. I'm getting near the end of season four. Uh, and then I also watched Stranger Things. I watched that in one day. Um, don't know how I feel about this season. Well, I'm, I'm still on. I'm still on episode one. I just, I've only finished episode one of season three so far. I, I, I like. I can't wait till you finish it because I need to talk about it. <laughs> I've had some conversations here and there, but I, I want to know yours because, yeah, I I got, I was into it up until about maybe episode four or five, like sort of halfway, and then eh, I felt like it, it dropped off. But I want to hear what your your opinion is, so get watching it. Well, I, 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 have an, I have a very good opinion of episode one so far. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame Hopper for treating Michael the way he does. Mikey's a little... I I have not liked Mike at all. No. I didn't like him in season two. And I don't like him one episode into season three already. No. Yeah. No, I, I'm in agreement. <laughs> I really... The one thing I will say is I really love Hopper in this season. Like, he's just more savage. And... Just that little bit more badass, and I just, yeah, um, uh, quite like, <laughs> I quite like um, his run, so, yeah. Um, and that's about it for me for reading and watching things. What about you? Oh, since we last talked about comics, I did finish uh, Rocco's Modern Afterlife. That was only a four-issue run. It was entertaining now, but by the time of this recording, uh, the Rocco movie will be out on Netflix by then, so I can't wait for that. Um, Still reading Last Night on Earth uh, and still reading Deceased. Uh, Like I just mentioned, I just picked up the first issue of Curse of the White Knight today, even though I still need to read The White Knight. It's in my my trade paperback pile to read. And um, I just started reading Punk Mambo 2, which it's a... it's not one of the big two. I like to, I like to read some of the. I think it's IDW, might be IDW title. Do that or Image. But I, I like to read others. If something catches my eye, then I'll pick it up. I'm, I think I have the first three issues of that. It's on my pull list at my at my local comic shop. Yeah. Um, other than that, I'm, st- I'm still holding on, on Doomsday Clock. I have all the issues of Doomsday Clock. I just haven't started reading it yet. Mm. And. Uh, we bought it, and I'm eagerly, eagerly awaiting the news that we received a few weeks ago about John Carpenter writing a Joker story. 
I am oh. definitely waiting for that. And there is, there's supposed to be a Harley Quinn story coming out soon too. That's supposed to be pretty awesome. I I told the comic shop to add it to my pull list when it starts coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as for trade paperbacks, uh, like you, I have Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol on my pile to read. I've been I've been working on You Have Killed Me for quite a long time too. <laughs> um, but also something that comes into our one of our topics tonight. I am starting to read the book of Hellboy that inspired the 2019 movie, or as referenced in the 2019 movie. Uh, as for watching, I, I'm way behind in a lot of shows, and this is summer. I'm always busy in the summertime. I leave for work early in the morning. I come back late at night some nights. Uh, so I'm only one episode into season five of the flash so far. I'm only one episode into stranger things season three so far. So when I'm moving and going, coming and going so often, if I put a show on, it's something I've seen a million times. So I'm watching a lot of reruns of practical jokers or the Simpsons or Futurama in my downtime. Um, so I, I have fallen way behind on Swamp Thing, too. So whenever I get some downtime, which will probably be later August, I'll probably start getting some more free time to catch up on this stuff. So uh, speaking of Hellboy, how about we segue into probably the most controversial topic right now? If anybody's still listening now, I'm surprised if anybody's clicked past after they read the title. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm turning this off, but if you stuck through, good on you. Seriously. <laughs> so we should have reti- we should have named this title episode six six six. Your Hellboy. <laughs> yeah, I think that would have been would have been good to do. <laughs> I'm not mistaken. This movie came out April, right? Yes. It came out around it came out around the time of Shazam because I went and saw a double feature yeah. of Hellboy and Shazam one night. Yeah, about the, yeah, same month, and that was yeah. So, put it on Front Street. Melissa and I both enjoyed. Uh, we're the minority. We really enjoyed the new Hellboy. This movie was met with a lot of controversy, mostly people boycotting the Ron, the fact that Ron Perlman was not returning as title character Hellboy, even though Guillermo del Toro, who directed the first two movies with Ron Perlman playing the lead role. It fell into uh, limbo, and then it just got announced it wasn't happening. So they rebooted it with uh, David Hartman from Stranger Things playing the title character. Uh, I do not know the name of the director offhand of this one. but uh, can't remember. Um, oh, I can't remember. It's lost. But uh, uh, we, we do get a very... Very, very, very beautiful Mila Jovovich playing our mean villain in this movie. Uh, Nimoy, the Blood Queen. <laughs> I w- they had my $10 as soon as I heard Mila Jovovich is in this movie. Like, sold. <laughs> me, me and Guy Milks bought our tickets at that right there. Yeah, so take my money. There you go. <laughs> it was, uh, the movie was directed by Neil Marshall. Thanks. There you go. Thanks, Google. So, Melissa, give us your review of David Harbour and Hellboy. Well, this was my first introduction to the character of Hellboy. Um, I knew of the movies with Ron Perlman, 
but I hadn't seen them, so I was really unfamiliar with it. But I saw the trailer, and I was I thought it was pretty good. Like it, it intrigued me. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to go see it. And um, I thought it was really good. I thought it was... I liked the mixture of sort of that old and new, where you sort of have the old tradition and everything, and then you have, like, the sort of the modern world. And, um, you know, it's just, like, they're, you know, even with the, the other group, like the... the um, can't remember the name of the group, but like how they're BRPD and you know, but they still have they they bring in that modern technology, and that's kind of this group as well the the Bureau of Paranormal the, the BRPD. Yeah, um, I thought because um, I saw Ron Perlman movie his, his um, run of it. After and I really liked what David Harbour brought to this character of Hellboy. I thought he brought an energy to him that was sort of I felt a little bit lacking with Ron Perlman. Um, but yeah, first time seeing it, I thought he brought a really good uh, energy. He had this kind of he had humor, but it was also like a dry wit, like he could. He could say something and like straight face, and it's just like hilarious. Absolutely sarcastic, uh, which I loved. He always had a comment for something, and um, I thought he was he was really really good. And um, the story was interesting too. And and what I found, you know, interesting, like the the whole sort of backstory with you know the um, the Blood Queen and and witches and things like that. And then, you know, um, I had just learned about uh, Pendle Hill, which is an actual thing, and that this place was affected by witchcraft and a lot of stuff happened to witches then, which weren't very good. So it's kind of interesting that they played sort of off of that. Um, yeah, but you know, I thought it was really good, and I'm going to say it. This is solely my opinion, and it does not reflect the views and opinions of the United Nations podcast, that David Harbour's Hellboy is better than Ron Perlman's. There, I said it. <laughs> and fun fun fact about why Melissa loves David Harbour so much better than Ron Perlman. Can you guess why? It's because David Harbour has a U in his name. <laughs> and Melissa's broken. I broke Melissa. <laughs> For those of you that read our, our item descriptions, you see me and you see our episode descriptions. Me and Melissa go back and forth about her putting the letter U and random words. So I started putting the letter U and random words in, in the episode descriptions. And I'll get a text from her. Really? <laughs> that was recently. He added a U onto Ambassador. And I'm like, really? <laughs> so now it's been my it's been my mission ever since then to add a, a U to a random word in the episode description and wait for Melissa to discover it. But next time I'll I won't use parentheses next time. No. Will, I'll just hide the U in there. I won't give it away. But I'll notice it and be like, really, dude? Really? 
Put the word you in food. Food. <laughs> food. Really? Oh, that reminds me of a, a Gary Larson comic. <laughs> um, I think it's either... Uh, is it... I think it's a dog or cat luring a dog into... Uh, no! No, it's the other way around. It's a dog luring a cat into a washing machine. And he, he labeled it cat food. And it's F-U-D. It's nice. an arrow. <laughs> I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the three people that made it past the title of this episode just turned it off. After so. that bombshell. After that, yeah. But it's not because there is a U in his name that I like that character. I'm going to just put that out there. <laughs> it does not reflect the views and opinions of the United Nations podcast. <laughs> particularly, particularly Ambassador Jared Boots, who loves both David Harbour and Ron Perlman. Yeah. Um, nope. Not really. He didn't. Perlman did not sell me at all. It was. It was all right. It was watchable. I'm not saying it was an awful movie, but no. Well, we'll touch more on that later. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> my review of 2019 Hellboy. When I I've heard the whispering. I I was all for doing a third installment with Perlman and Guillermo del Toro. I love Guillermo del Toro. He's a like on Tim Burton, like in John Carpenter levels, he is a storyteller. He creates a beautiful image. And I was, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the first double with Ron Perlman. I enjoy it. Eh, Golden Army was okay. Um, but I, I would love, I would have loved to have seen Ron Perlman finish up the trilogy. And, uh, when it was announced that David Harbor was announced as Hellboy, I'm like, okay. Like wasn't as passionate negatively or positively for it then i i can't remember which movie i saw where i saw the trailer for it and i wouldn't say i was underwhelmed by the trailer for the david harbour uh hellboy but i go maybe it's at least worth a rent i guess in my mind when i first saw first glimpse of the trailer but and i somehow somewhere out if i saw a second trailer or just a random tv spot i'm like you know what I'll go see it. Why not? So uh, I went and saw it on a double feature with my second viewing of Shazam. And my the theater I went and saw it in was not even packed. There was a handful of people there. And one guy left uh, right in the middle of the movie. And the scene where he, Baba Yaga, kisses him. Uh, can't say I blame him. That was pretty disturbing. <laughs> But uh, I really enjoyed. It. I I did like this movie. I did love this movie. I found it really enjoyable, and I can I can see why critics shit on this movie. Um, it's not an Oscar winner by any means necessary. But a lot of these movies in this genre, unless you're Marvel and you're paying off the critics, um, <laughs> a lot of these movies don't get the best reviews in the world, and. Hellboy is violent and bloody as fuck. It, this is a lot more bloody and violent than the Ron Perlman ones. It, so I can see why it's not going to get a lot of those 
rave reviews from critics. It's not, and uh, it it earns that R rating. And like I said, I was pumped with Mila Jovovich. I love Mila Jovovich. I've said not not every Resident Evil movie has been the best, but I sit through them just for her. And if you're a fan like I am, check her out in a movie. I talked about this movie earlier uh, with a coworker called A Perfect Getaway. Stars her and Steve Zahn, Timothy Oliphant, uh, a pre-Thor Chris Hemsworth makes an appearance in it too. Horror thriller. Great movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out. She's one of those actresses I will watch anything with her in. But I've, I've always been aware of Hellboy in the comics, never really read any. And after I saw the movie, I, after watching this movie, I became more intrigued of reading some of the Hellboy comics. Now, I st- actually sought out to find an omnibus of Hellboy. And I ended up finding the book that inspired this movie. And I starting it. I can't wait to get more farther deep into it so I can. I really don't want to be that guy to compare and contrast because then I might find myself being disappointed more or less. But uh, there are a lot of scenes I really enjoy. I really enjoy the scene where he's fighting the giants. I don't know what it is about that scene, but just watching him get tossed around and taking on these huge giants is so. And after getting ambushed by the Osiris Club, yes. yeah, the Osiris Club, after they ambushed him. And even the opening scene when he's done in Mexico fighting uh, the former agent who's a, a vampire. That I love the visuals of the Perlman del Toro movies, but I also love the visuals of this one too. Yeah, I'm not going to say one series is more grounded in reality than the others. They're about the same, I think, when it comes to being grounded in reality. But a lot of the things I – one thing I enjoy more about this is – I love the father-son relationship between Ian, Ian McShane and David Harbour as opposed to John Hurt and Ron Perlman. I feel that there's that more of that father-son bond in it. Yeah, there's a lot more heart, a lot more just bond. Like, they, they have a strong connection, a strong bond, and it's definitely, like, yeah, his his, his adopted dad like genuinely loves him and genuinely cares for him and wants to see the best of him. And, and, it, and it's, it's not saying that John Hurt didn't care about Ron Perlman. So no, but he was, he seemed to be a little bit more, a little bit more distant and a little bit more professor like, you know, like he, he was, he was sort of like that sort of character where he still cared for him, but he was, I don't know. He just seemed not so, like there, there was a connection, but it wasn't as strong as as the this one. And and Ian McShane's death in the third act of this movie feels more impactful than John Hurt's death. Mm-hmm. I believe it's. I haven't seen Golden Army in a while. I'm pretty sure John Hurt's character passes away in Hellboy Two: The Golden Army. But uh, I am sad that we're not going to get a sequel now because of how bad this movie performed in the box office. We get that tease of Abe Sapien. Mm-hmm. Uh, towards the end of the credits, and I was the only one in my theater that stayed for the post-credit scene or the mid-credit scene, and I laughed my ass off with that. I love you, Lobster Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was only like, I was me and like 
couple of the people maybe that actually stayed for it. And yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> it's just it's just moving Oscar winner not by any means. I can say about I can say that about a lot of movies I love. It's not an Oscar winner. Like our last episode, Revenge of the Nerds is not an Oscar winner movie by any stretch of the imagination. But and I have my nitpicks with Hellboy 2019. Uh, <laughs> my main nitpick with 2019 Hellboy is the Changeling. I think his cause for his purpose for getting revenge on Hellboy is a little weak. Just because, oh, Hellboy screwed me out of this life. The fairies switched Alice with me. And because of Hellboy, oh, Hellboy took that away from me. I accidentally hit my mom's cat. It was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> She's fine. Don't worry. She snuggled on my lap. But uh, uh. I found that premise to be a little weak, but I do I like I do like Nemway's revenge, and I find the the King Arthur tie-in to be intriguing to say the least. Like, oh, that's interesting. How uh, King Arthur fighting Nimway at the beginning of the film, and then maybe Hellboy being a descendant of King Arthur. Uh, that's a little bit of a stretch, I guess. But you know what? Yeah. It's a fantasy movie. This is a the main reason why I love this movie, I guess you could say, and I'm not saying I love this more than the Ron Perlman movies. I'm saying the reason why I love this movie is because it's it's not brainless entertainment in a bad way, but it's a movie that you can go, just enjoy, and I have to think think about it. It's a yeah. good, entertaining movie. Yeah, and I think you you told me before I went to see because I think you saw it before I did. Yeah. And you told me like you could just go, just go turn your brain off and go watch, and that's exactly what I did, and it was a heck of a lot of fun. I definitely enjoyed it. So, yeah, it's it's definitely yeah, you can watch it, and it's just like sort of quote unquote mindless entertainment. And and I am now sad. Fact now we're not gonna get Ape Sapien. Now we're not gonna get. Mm-hmm. Whatever lobster, whatever the war that Lobster Johnson was referring to in the mid, no, we're not going to get that just because a lot of people were butt hurt because Ron Perlman didn't return. Yeah, and I'd like to see the critics defy, like you know, let's just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Or I like this, or this, this, it's all the things are red and black, gains and losses. Do we make money? We lost a lot of money on this, so. And the DVD was the first day purchase for me. I planned on buying it, but because of how poorly the movie did, I never knew when it was coming out until the day it came out. <coughs> yeah. I but it, it was still a day one purchase for me. Because I, I enjoyed it that much. I didn't get a chance to see it. I usually see movies multiple times in the theater, and I think the word of mouth hurt this movie. I think so. And, and think it didn't have a very long theater life. No, it was pretty short. But it was just, yeah, all the people that were butthurt over, you know, the lack of Ron Perlman and everything else. So, and then critics bashing it. But I never listen to critics. They're always wrong. <laughs> oh, no, they're always. Always. I'm, I, I'm no movie critic. I don't use. Three, uh, words that have more than three syllables in them. 
<laughs> I don't act like I'm the smartest man in the room. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't act that way either. It's like, if I like the movie, then, you know, I'll talk about it, maybe recommend it to a couple people, but, yeah. It's... Then, you know, if you don't like it, well, that's fine. Oh, yeah. It's I, like I, trying. It's like trying a different food. Like, don't say, don't knock it till you try it. Exactly. It's it's a little bit of an acquired taste, but I think, you know, if you yeah, you go in clean slate, like turn your brain off. It's absolutely a blast. So, it, it's not a it's not a waste of time. Definitely. So. Yeah. And I, some of my other tiny nitpick was uh, some of the, a little bit of the CG in the movie, but I can look past that kind of stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, it's the yeah, it was a little bit, yeah, but overall pretty good. And yeah. Ron, Pro, and I mean, sorry, David Harbour looked great when he took uh, Excalibur and he took his quote unquote true form. Yeah. He looked great. He did. He looked. Like badass. Awesome. Bad, Samila Jovovich was a, a badass too in that. Oh, she was. She kicked ass. And and as creepy as the character was, Baba Yaga still looked. Baba Yaga was creepy. Watching her walk around like a contortionist and eating a child, eating eating children, and an out there character. Yeah, definitely. But it, it, it definitely, like, she fit in with that whole, you know, the movie and everything else. So she, she wasn't. didn't feel out of place. No. But yeah, it was really creepy. Especially, yeah, what got me was her walk and just, yeah. And then, and then the kiss was like, oh, I can't look. So that, that was, <laughs> like, that was the scene where a guy got out and walked out and he didn't come back. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I gave I gave one of those. If you watch '90s beer commercials, I gave one of those bitter beer faces. I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like when I recently watched it again, I posted up on Facebook the the GIF of uh, Guy Feldman from Galaxy Quest, and he's like, "Oh, that's not right." <laughs> it's like that's what I felt like during that scene. Like, just no. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I've sat through all eight Saw movies in the first Hostel movie, and I'm like. It's a little much. <laughs> yeah. It's a little squeamish. Yeah, like like I'm okay with like in uh what in like death proof, leg gets cut off and there's blood and everything else, and I'm just like, eh. But then this movie I'm like, eh, okay. I, I think I, I think I, well, I think I had like all the slime and everything. <laughs> why, why does your tongue have hair on it? <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, not many movies uh do that there was something else too recently that just oh oh i know it would to kind of go off topic for just a quick minute but um in what was it in doom patrol and it was the guy eating the hair from the drain oh the the beard hunter (laughs) yeah that got that got a little bit of a that got a little bit of a gag from me too yeah that was the first time i had ever like oh i Oh, that was disgusting. Anyway, so that there's only been really two times. That time, and then the kiss was like, okay, I can't do this. <laughs> but uh, but it's it's still and uh, that's what 
Hellboy is. It's more than just a comic book movie. It's a fantasy movie. It's like a sci- no, not really science fiction, but more a fantasy. fantasy. Yeah. And that's what you do with these fantasy movies. You pretty much almost anything's acceptable in a comic book movie or a fantasy movie. So just sit back, kick your feet up, turn your brain off, and just enjoy a good movie. You don't have to put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. Definitely, it's a it's a fun film, and uh, yeah, I definitely I after seeing that and then watching the Ron Perlman one and yeah, I th- this new one is is better in, in the sense of like its pace is a, it seems to be a lot quicker and then just the energy and and connections of characters and um, it just seems to be that little bit more. Um, so yeah, that's why I like it. But yeah, it, I like that it is that you don't have to think too hard about it. You just watch, and it's a good, a good one. And I'm not gonna say I enjoyed this more than Ron Perlman. I, but I may go as far as to say I probably enjoyed this one more than I enjoyed the Golden Army, which would be the second Ron Perlman one. But I, I do enjoy this one. So we highly recommend it. Give 2019 Hellboy a chance. Yeah. Give it a chance. And as a perfect segue into the second topic of our show tonight is being more open-minded about um, not just comic book stuff in general, but just I've had discussions with coworkers about essentially nerds. We can be the most finicky crowd when it comes to casting and other stuff and this has to be why these studios go after the the general audience instead of just us because we are going to be nitpick every little thing we see so we just mentioned that a lot of the failure of hellboy 2019 had to do with david ron perlman not returning in the title role and one thing me and Melissa discuss a lot is being open-minded about stuff. So if I want to, so for example, if Melissa is stuck in her ways about seeing something, we try to push being a little more open-minded about it. So, for example, I'm sure we'll talk about this here when we get more full-fledged in discussion. Popular topic, 2016 female Ghostbusters reboot. For the longest time, Melissa fought me on watching it. And I finally got Melissa to watch it around what, April or May. Yeah. And you watched it, what, three times within a month after watching it? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I watched it. I, w- I will say that when I watched it the first time, because I was like, I posted up on Facebook. I think, did I post just a quote? I can't even remember. And you're like, ah, <laughs> you caught on to what. To I what posted I a GIF of Kate McKinnon. You did. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think you did an, an Aladdin one too. It was like, whole new world. <laughs> so anyway, I finally, I was like, okay, I'll watch it. So the first time I watched it, I was like, I wasn't sure about it. Like, I, I wasn't like completely sold. Um, maybe I went in a bit too skeptical. Like, I, I shouldn't have been so closed minded on it, maybe. Although I, I don't feel like I was, but I watched it. I was like, eh, good for a watch. And like we talked about, Jared and I talked about it after and 
And uh, I said, like, you know, it's a good, a good movie, a good watch, you know, definitely. And I'd probably, I said, I'd probably watch it again um, because it's just one of those movies that you can just, like, you know, turn on and just, you know, it can even be, like, background noise. But, um, yeah, so anyway, it wasn't long after that <laughs> that I, I didn't think I'd be, like, watching it as soon after as I watched it. But, yeah, not long after that, I watched it again and i loved it and and then you and then jared sent the the gif of yeah of um i think it was her winking with the cup in her hand yeah she winked she's, i'm like yeah <laughs> and then i had like that the the gif of like the girl like yeah <laughs> so yeah the second time i definitely liked it a lot better and i think um I went in keyword here a little bit more open-minded and it was a fun film and I definitely enjoyed the story and what it was. And, and like, I really love the cameos and how many there were. Um, that was really cool. I didn't really expect that for some reason. Like I just didn't expect that it would be so many, but, uh, but I liked it the, the second time. And then I watched it once again, not long after that. And, yeah, I loved it, but it is, uh, <laughs> but it's not better than, than Hellboy, but, <laughs> maybe one, and, and maybe it'll be next week, I'll be like, yeah, it's better, but no. <laughs> there, there is a lot of people, not just you, who go in so closed-minded about the female Ghostbusters reboot, like, oh, it's not going to be better, it could be better, it's not going to be better, better with the men, like, but then they watch it, and they really enjoy it. And yeah, that they had a, and I think, and uh, Paul Feig, who directed it, I think he has regrets about making it now, just because of how poorly it did. But it, and that's another sequel we're not going to get now. But we talk about certain things like how Kate McKinnon's Holtzman, who is essentially the Egon of this franchise is the polar opposite of what Egon was. Egon was very uh, conservative. Not necessarily cold, but he was he, uh, um, but Kate McKinnon's Holtzman, she's a lot more loosey-goosey and uh, fo- focused on her work but she's also, yeah, a little bit more personable. Easygoing. Yeah, personable and easygoing and a little bit more fun. Whereas Egon is just straight by the book. He did his thing. He was focused. He's, he's he straight-laced. But he was strict business. Like, you wouldn't see him dancing around with a torch <laughs> in his hand. Like, he, he just wouldn't do that. <laughs> Whereas uh, Kate McKinnon's character, the Holtzman, totally does that. But that's just her. She's very much... Um, and, bo- and both char- both characters uh, work for that. Yeah. So Definitely. I think my curmudgeonliness against it, and it was like years after that, you know, I finally watched it. I just, I, th- I think it was because, you know, I'm such a huge fan of like the original Ghostbusters. And that's what I was first, like I first watched. And I think it was so different that I couldn't really wrap my head around it. And I was sort of very unsure. And yeah, it took me a long time until, you know, I was convinced that 
You know, no, you you need to watch it. You need to watch it. You should watch it. It's good. You need to watch it. Uh, okay. <laughs> and I, I love it. So, yeah, I think that's what it takes. You kind of, I remember listening to, um, I think it was Nerdist, and it was interviewing, it was Chris Hardwick interviewing Rob Zombie. And they were talking about how Rob Zombie, like how he watches things. Or listens to things or whatever. He'll watch or listen to something repeatedly and then form an opinion about it. Like, he won't just watch something once and say, eh, it was good or bad or ugly. He'll watch it or listen, whatever, over and over again until it's like, okay, do I like this? Do I not? Eh, you know, and then, and I think that's what needs to happen. You need to be you know, open-minded enough to really give it a good try. And I think that's, you know, what you got to do. So I I watched it. I wasn't going to give up. I was like, you know what? I'll watch it again. And then that second time was the thing that just, yeah. yeah and, and it's not it's not like Kristen Wiig is trying to go out and be Bill Murray. Melissa no. McCarthy's not trying to be Dan Aykroyd. Leslie Jones is not trying to be Ernie Hudson. No. And I, I like about it is that they're not... They're they're paying a little bit of homage to it, and then even with the cameos, they're kind of you know, but they're not copying and pasting the 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 movie. It's very much on its own. It's its own movie, and it's its own characters. And it, you can see similarities between characters, like okay, you can compare and a little bit contrast a little bit, but you still can't because they're also very different. So that's what I, I like about it. It's a unique look at it. And and like how we made, I mentioned in Hellboy earlier, how my one of my main picks was with the changeling, how his motivations for Revenge on Hellboy were kind of weak. Uh, the female Ghostbusters reboot gets a little uh, flanking for how weak Rowan's, uh, the main villain, is. That gets a little... Yeah. It's kind, of, it's kind of a weak plot point. Uh, Suicide Squad gets that too with the Enchantress. It's kind of a weak villain choice for Suicide Squad. But um, it's definitely... And uh, they didn't want to attack Zool and Gozer right away. Uh, which because of, like, again, nitpicky people and poor box office performance, we're not going to get that sequel that they teased with Zool. Mm. Which is kind of unfortunate. And there's things I enjoy about the female Ghosts movies. I like I like seeing the development of uh, the weapons for all the weapons like the proton packs and all these other tools that Holtzman discovers. Because in the original, they just show up at the hotel and they got proton packs. Mm-hmm. And then they've got like the that box cage thing that just uh, catches the spirit. Oh, the trap. The trap. Trap. Um, and that's it. You don't see them testing it out. You don't see, it's just, oh, this is really powerful, so you better be careful with it. Oh, okay. And don't cross the street. Do you know your iron level? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) But, but yeah, like in this one, yeah, I definitely like that too, where it was, okay, they've, she's, you know, creating these things and you see her tinkering with stuff and then they finally you know they go to the back alley and they try out the stuff before actually using it when they need to 
You see and, at least two prototypes of the proton pack before you get the final one. Yeah. Which is which is good. And I think that made for, you know, that little bit better story too, where they're they're all like the their technology that they're using is changing as well as they're kind of getting themselves together again. Because they had kind of split up, didn't they? Like they were a group, but then they kind of uh what it was was uh Kristen Wiig's character and Melissa McCarthy's character had kind of a falling out. Yeah, and then when, they... the, when the city makes them hide what they're what they're doing, and like another perk is, for example, uh, <coughs> call it a perk, call it not, call it what you will. Like Leslie Jones, and essentially being the Ernie Hudson character, it seems like Patty brings more to the team than Winston did, mm-hmm. and. Which is good, but they also can look back and say, well, Winston wasn't really given enough to do. He just signed an ad. like, Yeah. Found the help wanted ad. And, and, oh, you're hired. And, oh, here you go. It gives him the trap. And, like, that's kind of how he's in. Whereas, yeah, she definitely brought more to it. And she knows she knows the city. She knows the lay of the city. She knows she gets in the vehicle. She gets in the, the suits. So she has... And I'm not saying it's a bad because I love Ernie Hudson in, in the Ghostbusters movies, but he was he wasn't good enough to do. And from what I hear, there's more back, actually backstory to Winston, and that one that was cut out, like how I think it was like former Marine and all that stuff. But Patty's character was given more development. It seems like yeah. so it appears she has more to she has more to contribute to the team than Winston did in the original. Yeah, like she has her her experience comes to them and then she's like kind of all over it like very much interested and kind of yeah shows more interest than like Winston like yeah oh I'm answering this ad but you know he didn't seem very excited about it like it was oh it's just a job and he's just taking it until he kind of gets a part of the team but at first it was like but yeah with with Patty she definitely brought more more to it. I liked her. I thought she was good. Uh, but maybe uh, another reboot, a more recent reboot that me and Melissa have discussed about being more open-minded about is Child's Play reboot that came out back in June. Mm-hmm. And how I really, being a, I would, those are, we could say without question, I'm the bigger Child's Play Chucky fan than Melissa is. I'm a huge fan of the franchise except for Seed of Chucky. Screw that movie. <laughs> I don't know how anybody says that that Child's Play three is worse than that, but it's not. Child's Play three, I'll watch a thousand times over Seed of Chucky. But <laughs> I was slow to the draw on the Child's Play reboot, and I go, okay, Aubrey. The only name I knew, Aubrey Plaza. I'm like, okay, I know who she is, but that's not. Oh, I'll give it a while. Okay, artificial intelligence. This day and age makes sense. And Don Mancini says he doesn't like the whole voodoo aspect anyway. But uh, my ticket was already sold after watching 3C Films, watching this guy on his YouTube channel. If you, have, if you don't subscribe to it, go to 3C Films on YouTube. He did a, he does a whole bunch of horror movies. He's a, he's a guy about my age, and he's into this nerdy stuff too, particularly horror films and such and comic book stuff. But uh, he did a ton of videos just over the child's play. Following the, he's following the new television show coming soon with Brad Dorif. He's followed the whole movie that just came out. He's reviewing all the past movies. 
So he got me more and more excited, and he essentially sold my ticket to this Child's Way reboot. Then we get the bombshell. Mark Hamill is the voice of Chucky. But this is a reboot that not that me and Melissa didn't quite see eye to eye on. But I also view this movie like I did with Hellboy 2019. It was a, It's not an Oscar winner by any stretch of the imagination. It it pays tribute to the corny slasher movies and the 80s movies, which I'm a huge fan of. There's a lot of things Melissa and I, Melissa and I see eye to eye on this movie because I tapped into her uh, her childcare brain, so that's where we that's where we saw eye to eye on. But I am a huge fan. I love when it comes to horror movies. I love a good slasher film, so I love the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. I love Halloween. I love Nightmare on Elm Street. I love Child's Play. I love Leprechaun. I love a good. It takes a chance on massacre. I love that they're watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 in this movie. And there's a killer concept from outer space and return of living dead posters in in uh it's not Andy's room, but it's his friend's room. Yeah. But like but like Hellboy twenty nineteen, this movie's not an Oscar winner. Far from it. But it's an, uh, another movie you can turn your brain off and just enjoy. And it has its moments where it's creepy as hell. An artificial intelligence doll. It's you could look at it as an expose of how, of many, like many movies before it, like the Terminator franchise before it, how technology will be our downfall. Mm-hmm. Well, Melissa, share your in it with the after you initially saw Child's Play back in June. After I, I initially saw it, I. I kind of sat back and and thought about it because I wasn't immediately going to judge it. But I'm like, you know what? No, I had more nitpicks than than really anything else. And um, there was one scene where it was like it could have like could have ended pretty quickly, but it didn't. And it just was like, why? (laughs) And then it ended so easily. Um, Like, they kind of made it more complicated than it was. But I didn't mind so much that... um, I had words. Anyway, words escape me. Um, Like, that it was, you know, okay, this, this sort of messed up AI doll that's been purposely tampered with. It wasn't something that was initially broken. It was... Well, oh, I I shared with you that I didn't. I thought that part, the 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 first like five minutes in the movie with the programmer, the disgruntled programmer. I I shared with you that I thought that part was weak. That was that was that seemed too easy. It really seemed too. It was like oh okay he's let's just press a few buttons and redo some code and oh he and turn off some some filters because he has these these filters of like you know, a bad language filter and all these kind of things. And, oh, he just turns them off and that's it. And then, and then he, he does away with himself. I was like, okay, that's it. Like it was, it was, it was, it sort of started out a bit weak. Um, it did get a little bit more creepy. Like when you see Chucky kind of just sitting innocently, like walks in and he walks into his, the apartment and Chucky's just sitting there like 
you know, kind Looking of his innocent. feet, nodding his head back and forth. Yeah, like that. That was ugh. if I if I walked in and I saw that, I would be like, uh, nope, and out the door. <laughs> and, and Aubrey Plaza, Karen, her Karen is. You guys are okay with this? This doll's just sitting there, kicking his feet, waiting for your child to come home. And like the appearance of the, the appearance of the doll really turned a lot of people off too. But yeah. but when you see him in motion, though, it looks creepy. It does. It it looks like a little bit too real in movement. That's what I found anyway. Like he was, like when you when I watched recently the original Chucky, he's a bit a bit stiff in his movements. Like he kind of shuffles. Whereas this one, he moves more fluidly, and it's just, oh, it makes it. I found, like, I really like the creepiness of Chucky. He was definitely creepy, and Mark Hamill nailed it on the creepy level. He he really did. He brought that character to 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 life and did very well with it. But overall, I wasn't really that impressed with the movie. Um. I you know I like my monster movies and things like that like your you know your bad monster movies like they're you know so bad they're good but this one I couldn't get around a lot of things which I usually you know I try you know uh that wouldn't work or that wouldn't uh that bothers me but I couldn't get past it and that's that's where it sort of I hung up my hat I'm like no um I was. Uh, horribly amused by these younger boys who were sitting beside me in the theater, and it was when um, oh, his he Chucky's in the car, I think it's what it is, and then he's like Pika, boo, and the boys in the theater jumped up and like I, I swear if they could have jumped any higher they would have gone through the ceiling. It was hilarious. Um, but I found it just like a little bit predictable, uh, where I'm like, okay, I, I literally was like three, two, one, ah, there it is. If, if you know the, if you know the genre, it's easy to predict like the jump scares and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall I wasn't too sold on it. I was a little underwhelmed at the end of watching it. Um, I don't feel like I wasted my money or my time on it. Sometimes, you know, some movies you're like, you watch and you feel like, oh, well, that's two hours I'm never going to get back. Um, but I don't really... Uh, sausage like... Party was ten minutes of my life I'm never going to get back. I remember my friend Jenny and I, we went to see it because we thought, you know, oh, this is going to be good, you know, Seth Rogen and all that. And we came out and we're, we're walking out and we're like, what the fuck did we just watch? I watched it on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, we, we saw it in theater, which was oh, that was an awful choice. But well, that's that's a different uh, tangent for a different day. Yeah. So anyway, moving moving on from that, <laughs> just a little side tangent. <clears throat> um, yeah, I was very under underwhelmed by it. Um, definitely not too much of a fan of it. Um, there was a lot of things that they sort of left open. And they could have pieced together a bit better, um, but yeah, the the one thing I did I did like was Mark Hamill's, um, you know, him being the voice of Chucky. I think he he certainly brought the creepy. That was that was very good. I will you know give him props for that. But overall, eh, I I wouldn't 
I'd maybe give it like half a star out of like five. Uh, eh, not so big a fan of it. So. Me, on the other hand, I'd give it a, because I enjoy those cheesy slasher flicks. I'd give it like a three and a half out of five. It's not going to win. It's not going to win an Oscar, but like like Hellboy 2019, you turn your brain off and just enjoy a good corny horror movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, but going back into being more open-mindedness, more than just being a, a, a holdout, it seems like a lot of closed-mindedness comes with casting anymore. So right now... The big one I'd say right now is the time of this recording would be Robert Pattinson being cast as um, Batman or uh, David Harbour being cast as Hellboy. So you think is it just? Do you think is it, is, is it just like the comic movies in general? You think it's casting because you think if, for example, somebody else was cast as Gandalf or Bilbo or somebody else was cast as Harry Potter, you think anybody would care? Because you know, like I just wrote some numbers down. Uh, mostly comic book themed right now. I'll list a couple off for you. So going back to 1966 up until now, I'm counting, even though they had the movies haven't come out yet, so it's in 66 when the Batman the movie came out with Adam West. We've had seven different Batman from, from Adam West up to Robert Pattinson. We've had five Jokers. So let me reiterate five live-action cinematic Jokers because technically Mask of the, Batman Mask of the Phantasm animated movie was released in 93. So that's Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy. So even though technically those are considered cinematic Batman and Jokers, I'm talking live-action. We've had, since Christopher Reeve, we've had three Supermen. We've had two Hellboys. We've, even in other genres, we've had two Freddies mm. cinematically. But... I didn't even try to calculate how many different Jasons and Michael Myers and Leatherfaces there have been. But do you think there's a difference there because Leatherface and Michael and Jason don't talk? I think so. I think there there's definitely a difference. Like I think I think they get a bit nitpicky when there's more like um a like a character with a dialogue character with a little bit more to them not saying like you know like Leatherface or, or Michael Myers don't have layers they have a lot but it's just these characters with the dialogue and then how they play that character and if somebody had seen them in you know seen that same character in something else and it was played by you know whatever whoever actor and then oh it's played by somebody else they're going to be like no, what? Why don't you have this person? Um, but if it's somebody who, you know, doesn't really have much dialogue, then it's not really. I don't think it would be much of a difference. Um, <clears throat> but they they may they may nitpick just to nitpick, but I don't think it would be as as impactful because it's just okay. This guy, he just. Like Michael Myers, he kind of just wanders around or is quiet a lot of the time. So it's it's capturing sort of that. But there's no dialogue. There's no real, a, <laughs> no real acting. Just a lot of wandering around and being very creepy. 
whereas you have these characters with dialogue and things and, you know, actual sort of more acting, they're going to be a little more nitpicky because one person is going to do it differently than the other. And they may like one one actor doing that character portrayal and not like the other one. So, and, and people kind of get stuck in their ways a little bit with... Well, this one did this one, and uh, I don't, I'm not sure about this one. And now, yeah, with Robert Pattinson being cast as Batman, there's everybody up in arms over that. But I think it's just because they, those people know him from Twilight as the sparkly vampire. And so there, or if you're um, uh a Harry Potter fan, he was also in, in Harry Potter, and I can't remember his name for the life of me, but he was sort of he, he was sort of the popular boy in school, like he was he was this pretty boy whatever um, <laughs> kind of a stand around look pretty but he, he didn't really do much in it, so and now they're judging off of that, and not really judging anything else, and I know a lot of people have said, well he was really good in this and so there's people who are totally up for it but it's just those those people who are just stuck in their ways and not able to see okay well maybe he might not be so bad you know and it makes me think of Doctor Who we've had 13 different people play a Time Lord 13 they had their their stretch of seasons, or they or they only had one. Fourteen. It's got the War Doctor. See, I listened to that episode. I paid attention. A for me. <laughs> you did. I'm well I'm patting myself on the back right now. <laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, but I do not count him because he 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 no. Hashtag ah. hashtag not my doctor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly it no but anyway it's been 13 and it was all different people and i think everybody (coughs) everybody goes through that phase of oh new guy Uh, not so sure and then they warm up to them if they do and i think the the biggest thing with like jodie whittaker being a female doctor was the big thing because all the other ones have been male. So there's the issue there and they're nitpicking that. And it's just the key word in all of this in anything is change. And some people, they don't really like change. It's, you know, Oh, it's somebody new, but it's, you also have to look at it as it's somebody fresh and new. Who's going to take this character, how they see it. They're going to mold this character. They're going to play it how they think it should be played. And it's and it's interesting in some ways. Sometimes it might flop. But overall, it's kind of interesting to see how they portray that character. You know, how, like, you know, how, like, Jack Nicholson portrayed Joker. And then to Heath Ledger. Like, vastly different, but still good. So it's not all bad when you, when you have different actors portraying these characters because they all bring something different. And I kind of like that. I'm definitely a person who's, you know, willing to see, okay, well, where are they going to take this character? Is it going to be very good? But 
you know what? I'm willing to bet that they'll that they'll do a decent job of it. So that's my two cents. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Heath Ledger seems to be the one sense everybody goes back to when it comes to being open minded. At least, was at least within the last ten years. Yeah. I I've gone on record. Joker is my favorite comic book character of all time. Hmm. And I'm not I'm not saying I'm above anybody, but I even still find myself catching myself being closed minded. But within the last ten years, Heath Ledger taught us we need to be open minded about these casts. Because even I was like, oh, the guy from Ten Things I Hate About You is playing the Joker. Yeah. There's no way he's going to touch Jack Nicholson. Then we all go and watch The Dark Knight. Like, oh my God, he's the best Joker ever. Yeah. And then you fast forward to a uh, 2016-ish era when Jared Leto was announced as Joker. And my path then was a little, a little hit and miss. And yeah, I was still close my at the same time. When Jared Leto was first announced as playing the Joker, I cracked a joke by saying, oh no, they're going to kill the Joker in this movie because Jared Leto's died in what 90 percent of the movies he's in this character <laughs> dies and then when i when i saw the first image like with the tattoos and the teeth and i'm like well, at least he's doing the killing joke pose that's kind of cool and then uh yeah sold and sold and then i saw the first trait like the comic-con sneak preak from that year i'm like the laugh was kind of weird and then uh but when the, the ballroom blitz trailer came out, I was like, holy shit, okay, I'm going to go see Jared Leto as a Joker. And now with the Joaquin Phoenix being cast now, my only real nitpick was, well, supposed to be an origin story, but he's not much he's not much younger than Jared Leto. There, there's not much of an age difference between Jared Leto and Joaquin Phoenix, so I don't know how they're trying to do an origin story here. But, but I'm being more open-minded. And I still catch myself to this day being more open, open-minded. But I still catch myself being more closed-minded about shit. Like, Jared, open-minded, open-minded. Yeah. And it's also part of the reason why I haven't made a public opinion about Robert Pattinson being cast. Yeah. I saw, I've only seen him in The Goblet of Fire. Yeah. I vaguely remember him in that. Yeah. Am I going to, I'm honestly, I'm honestly, I'm honestly not going to, seek out anything else he's been in just to see how he can do. Mm. They're going to get my 10 bucks alone because it's a Batman movie. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That alone, that alone, they've already guaranteed my $10. Same with Joker. Oh, that's getting all my money. But, uh, (laughs) going, but people like, yeah, Heath Ledger was a big one for that. You go back, you go back to 1989 or maybe 87, 88, when it was announced that Michael Keenan Keaton was playing Batman, you hear that there was no internet back then, but the internet still exploded. Oh, man, Michael Keaton, Mr. Mom is going to play Batman. Yeah. Now, flash for how many people say Michael Keaton is their Batman. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. But go even go back to like uh, going back to Nightmare on Elm Street with mm-hmm. that reboot. I enjoy the reboot. I haven't uh, seen the reboot, but... But the thing I love most about the reboot, I love Jack Earl Haley's performance as Freddy. The, the movie in general, I love the original Nightmare on Elm Street. I love, and that's not saying, oh, I love him more than Robert Englund. I love Robert Englund as Freddy. I love... I, 
to me, Robert England is like Bruce Campbell or Melissa McCarthy. I will, or Tyler Labine. I will, if I'm flipping through the channels or at, at the video store, if you kids know what those are still. Robert England's one of those guys where if I see him in a movie, I will buy it, I will rent it, I will watch it. And I saw the reboot of Nightmare on Elm Street. I, I really, it, it's okay. But I really enjoyed Jack Earlier Haley's performance as Freddy in it. It's a different take on it. It gets crapped on a lot. Um, say with all the different leather faces, all the different Michael Myers, all the different Jasons. A lot of those guys do, you could tell by size and stuff or how they, but that's a lot of more emotional acting. Mm-hmm. Then it's more acting with your features than with your words and your exp- uh Plus, they're all covered up by masks too. So, so it's a lot of actions and sort of body movement and yeah, I think uh, I've been I've been watching Crystal Lake Memories, which is a five hour long documentary about all the Friday the Thirteenth movies. And it's essentially like a different Jason in almost every movie besides the the four movie stretch of Kane Hodder. But every person's played Jason's played him differently. Yeah. And like I say, I really enjoyed Derek Mears playing Jason in the remake that came out in 2009. I really enjoyed his performance there because he's quick. Oh, so though Jason doesn't run. Well, you watched Friday the 13th Part 2 and Part 3. Jason runs. <laughs> he is quick. Just like you watch the reboot, Derek Mears is a fast Jason. He's fast and he is brutal. He's a thinker. So he is, he's just not, he, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's experienced. <laughs> but uh like Batman for another example. It, you don't really I don't think you really heard a lot of beef about Superman people being cast as Superman. No, not, not really. too much. Like there's been a lot of positive support for Henry Cavill and for Yeah. Like a lot of people don't like Brandon Routh. Well they don't like Superman returns, but they like Brandon Routh's performance of Superman. And everybody loves Christopher Reeve. And I don't know if you want to. Uh, I didn't. I didn't count Ben Affleck playing George Reeves in Hollywoodland, because technically George Reeves was a TV slash serial Superman, but Ben Affleck played him in Hollywoodland playing Superman, so I didn't really count it. But I remember Ben Affleck being cast as Batman, and I was legitimately on the fence about the announcement and mm-hmm. like I like Ben Affleck I enjoyed him in Kevin Smith's early movies like Mall Rats, Chasing Amy Dogma I, re- I really enjoy him in those movies and uh, and it gets a lot of beef I liked him in Jersey Girl too but uh, Kevin Smith on Batman on Batman when the, uh, the announcement was made that he was cast sold me on it like, oh, Ben Ben is a huge fan of comic books, loves Batman, all the stuff. So, all right, bring it on, Ben. And I and I saw BVS. I loved it. Mm. And he catches a lot of flack. Well, he's too old or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, this is something I talked to Melissa about because she has recently seen BVS. And with the whole DCEU in general, you have to sit and look at what Zack Snyder was trying to go for. 
And Warner Brothers right, took so much control away from him with this. So Zack Snyder's uh, image, his vision is warped. So it's not his true vision anymore. Mm. But Ben Affleck played the perfect kind of Batman for what Zack Snyder's trying to set up. How many different Batman movies? Like I said, we've had seven Batman between 66 and 2019 of the time of Robert Pattinson being cast. And how many of those movies are we getting origin stories of parents getting killed in the alley? You don't really, it's mentioned very briefly with Adam West. Yeah, but it's but, not, yeah, it's, it's not something that's featured. It's mentioned in the first episode by verbally mentioned only. Yeah. But, but even with Tim Burton movies, and then the, the two Joel Schulmacher movies, well, it plays a little bit. It plays a little bit part of part of the plot between uh, Jack Napier and Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. They they twisted that Jack Napier killed the Waynes, but they, but a lot of these Batman movies. There have been so many Batman movies now, and they always come back to Crime Alley, the Waynes being killed. It's a very pivotal point for Bruce in uh, Batman forever with Val Kimmer playing Batman. And it does, it does play a factor in BVS too, but Ben played the Batman who's been doing this for 20 years. He says he, it's either this or justice league. He said, he tells Alfred, we've been doing this for 20 years. How many good guys are still left? Mm-hmm. So this, and the extended cut when Clark Kent is going to research about Batman, he's going to Metrop or to Gotham city to dig some dirt up or not dig dirt, but like get some, uh, information on Batman on the Batman. There's a random stranger that tells him, Oh, he's angry and referring to Batman. Cause Batman's gotten a little harder. He's gotten a little edgier now because he is taking crime in his own. It's, he's, taking it a step farther now. Mm-hmm. So which, which kind of like what you get in Zack Snyder is trying to do like a dark Knight return style Batman. Yeah. Or he's pushed that limit a little bit farther. Mm-hmm. And now from what I know about Robert Pattinson being this new Batman, we're, it's going to be more or it's going to be sort of going back to essentially like a younger Batman. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so of course, Robert Pattinson, Robert Pattinson is going to fit so here I'm trying to sell people on Robert Pattinson. Give Robert Pattinson a chance. He's fitting what they're trying to do. Yeah. Definitely. Because everybody says, oh, Christian Bale is my favorite Batman. Well, I could sit there and say, Ben Affleck sucks. Well, Christian Bale's Batman was a quitter. Mm-hmm. He, quit playing. he quit being Batman for eight years because the Joker killed his girlfriend and he hurt his knee. And <laughs> Then after Bane kicked his ass, he quit again. <laughs> yep. Batman's not a quitter. But you know what? I still like Chris, Christian Bale's Batman. Yeah. I Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely... I was initially, upon hearing about Robert Pattinson, I was like, really? Ugh, no. But as I think about it, I'm like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a chance. I'm definitely I'm. It's not gonna stop me from seeing the movie. I'm definitely gonna see it. Um, 
but I think he'll he'll bring his own like his own uniqueness and then yeah whatever the vision is they're they're using him for that so he's gonna bring that to life and we'll see how how he does you know he might not be as bad as people are saying you know because they can say things all they like but I think it's just yeah you have to give him at least at least a chance and see how see how he does which I think he'll he'll be fine I don't think he's that awful <laughs> just just repeat the words heath ledger to yourself whenever you see because at the time of this recording i'd say probably the most recent casting choice we've had announced come out of comic-con would be the new blade mm. and we're however at the time of this airing we're however much time away from uh the announce from comic-con and there was a new blade announced it's not going to be wesley snipes and if I'm not mistaken, there was a fourth Blade movie with somebody else. Because Wesley Snipes did the three. Then there was another Blade movie. But do you remember this kind of do you remember this kind of backlash when a new Blade was announced back then after Blade Trinity? No. And and I actually had to ask who who did I actually had to had to ask who the new Blade is. I asked a guy at work, like, who is he? Because he was a, a guy at work telling me he was excited about this new guy playing Blade. And I'm like, well, I don't know who he is. Is he in anything good? Well, he kind of filled me in on it. Like, I do, I did enjoy the first three Blade movies with uh, Wesley Snipes. Yeah, I haven't seen those ones, actually. I've seen a lot of memes and jokes about it. The you know the box and it open with the blade and the using the DVD blade. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Ah. Oh, well, you'll love this. You'll love this. Ron Perlman's in Blade Two. <laughs> I better go watch it now. Because <laughs> you know I'm such a big fan. <laughs> Melissa, Melissa's gonna be hoping. I hope they remake Blade Two with David Harbor. Because <laughs> he's got a U in his name. <laughs> I was going to tell you, you should tweet David Harbour, see if he'd come on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the moral of the story we're trying to drive home here is just being open-minded about this kind of stuff. Yeah, it sucks. But like going back to Jackie earlier, Haley, uh, this is an actual discussion most and I have had before. Robert England is up there in age. He cannot, as much as he'd like to, he cannot play Freddy forever. Definitely. Like, we, the actor's age, it's just... Uh, you know, it's just what happens. At the end of the day, they're human. And you have to remember that, yeah, you can't, you know, they can't be doing this forever. You know, Robert England running around as he did in, in the first, you know, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. He can't do that anymore. He'd take two steps and have to sit down, probably. <laughs> so, you know, he can't be doing that. And you have to remember. But at least you still have the movies. They're still there. You can still watch them and enjoy them. And I think that's what a lot of people forget is that, well, you still have the movies that you loved and you can still watch them. They're still there played by the, the actor that you liked and the, you know, you can keep with that or you can stop and think and well, look at Heath Ledger. He was this guy who was in a bunch of chick flicks and you're like, uh, really? Him? And then he blows people's minds with his portrayal as Joker. Like he's, you know, and so... I've had, the, I've had this story with Joker actors. This Joker is a character you could do anything with. 
So anything's pretty open. So I look, you look at the trailer for Joker coming out here, pretty soon with Joaquin Phoenix. Then you look at how Jared Leto played it. Then you look how Heath Ledger played it. Look how Jack played it. Look how Caesar played it. Yeah. And it all works. It does. You you can do like you said. You can. He's he's a flexible character because he can he can play the the, the straight sort of little bit sane, but you know he's a bit crazy. Or you can go full on nuts with him. Like it, it just depends on how you know. Depends on you how you kind of interpret him. You can go anywhere with them, and um, you know you gotta you gotta be just you know open to that. So, there's something else I was going to say, and it lost me. So, well, <laughs> what we're trying to say is, I still find myself being guilty of it sometimes, and we try our best. Yeah, we have these characters that we read in comics, we read in books, we have this image in our head of what they're supposed to be, but we need to learn to keep ourselves in check and say, give it a chance. Exactly. Like, remember the first, the first, the first time your mom tried to make you eat vegetables or broccoli or something, for example. <laughs> Don't knock it until you tried it. Yeah. Um, I just... Ugh, I lost it again. Oh, Joker saying? movie. Joker movie. That's it. The new one. Uh, that they're not following the comic. Yes. With this one. And a lot of people are like, kind of... It, it, I, I've seen a lot of negativity towards that. But you know what? I kind of like that. That could be a blessing and a curse. You think it could be? It, it's I. I'm willing to bet it's going to be good, but I can also know that it's. You never know how it's going to be, but I think it's also Joker is opened up, open to interpretation. He can, you know, where did he come from? You know, do we know where did he get his start? And this is how they're sort of interpreting him. And I think it's going to be, I think Joaquin Phoenix is going to be amazing as Joker. Honestly, I think he's really going to bring out that character. Um, He may be my new favorite Joker. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, My my statement may change when I, upon seeing it, but, um, but I think it's going to be different and I hope it's a good different. And hopefully it doesn't get too much flack for not, you know, how it's not following any comics, how it's being its own movie, but I think it'll be good. So far, the trailer I've seen so many times, and then a couple times on the big screen. Amazing. Every time. So, I, I think it'll be good. So, uh, I'm so open-minded enough to to, to go with it. So. That's that's the moral of the nerds and nerds. That's the, we gotta stop being so finicky. And we're not saying this episode is going to change overnight to be open-minded. Just keep yourself. Like, I have to remind myself all the time about this kind of stuff. And I will, even though I'm sitting here preaching to you like, Hey, be open-minded about this stuff. Be open-minded. We're human. We slip up. We're going to catch ourselves. And like, I also saw the announcement of how the Joker is not going to follow any comic storyline. It could be a blessing and a curse. It's going to, it's probably going to grab that general audience more. It's going to give them more freedom. So they're not going to be restricted. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't do this in the comics. He didn't do, but I think it's going to bring us finicky guys. have been reading Joker stories for forever. Well, he yeah. wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do that. Well, how do you know? But, but, but keep in mind, 
once again, with the millionth time we're mentioning the killing joke in this podcast, the Joker, with his past, he goes, sometimes I remember things one way, sometimes I remember it another way. If I have a past, I prefer it be multiple choice. The Joker, uh, the killing joke is not the, def- it's not a set in stone origin story. No. It's an accepted or it's the most widely accepted origin story. Because yeah. if you look back at the animated movie Mask of the Phantasm, Joker has a different origin there. Mm-hmm. Than he does in The Killing Joke. Yeah. Uh, granted, it's an animated movie compared to the comic book. But as I said, Joker is really a character you could do anything with. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe with our heroes, we're going to be a little more bound. Like I just said, oh, Christian Bell's Batman's a quitter. Batman wouldn't quit. Because we read these stories for years and years and years. Like, oh, that's not, that's not what Batman would do. That's not what Frodo would do. That's not what Harry Potter would do. No. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but we, at, at the end of the day, we need to learn that, especially when it comes to these movies, they're not making it just for us. They're making it for our brothers and sisters who are our best friends who don't read these stories. Mm-hmm. So if if they, I think I've heard, is it probably Andy DiGenova said it? You can't have required reading, for example, for like a comic book movie. You shouldn't have to go to a comic book movie and have to have read this issue mm-hmm. or this storyline. Or you shouldn't have to... I don't know, maybe I haven't read the Lord of the Rings trilogy books or the Hobbit book all the way through. Maybe you don't have to go do that. So maybe they do take creative liberties between the movies and the books there because yeah. they're not... They're not going to know. Exactly. And yeah, I haven't... Well, I've watched, I think, the first two Lord of the Rings movies, but I haven't read the books. But you, they do a really good job of getting, of getting you introduced to the characters and the story and the worlds, and you really get a good sense of it. So, yeah, you really don't need to... And even with The Hobbit, too, you get a sense of what the story is about, and you get to know the characters, and, and yeah, you don't have to... It, it does pay to read, like it's it's a benefit to you to read the book before seeing the movie, but you don't have to. You get to know everybody, you get to know the story, the world, and it's well done. So yeah, that's what I like about it. With the like the Marvel comics, um, you know, and the like, I haven't read any of the. Uh, Marvel comics except for recently like Civil War Um, but I didn't feel like I needed to read anything before like watching those movies like they do a really good job of um, introducing you to to the characters and giving their backstory and just getting you completely introduced to the world so I really like when when they do that when you don't feel like you have to read something before like, you, you do get the benefit of maybe small references or homages to something, but it doesn't really matter. It's not a big part of, of the story that you're watching. So I really like when they, when they do that. It's, uh, it's nice when you don't feel like, oh, you have to study first and then watch. You can just watch. And then if you want to, read it after. Uh, 
I don't know. I don't read a whole lot of Marvel, so I went into a lot of the Marvel movies blind. Mm-hmm. Before I went and saw Captain Marvel, I read one story. <laughs> so going, so going into the movie, I knew that uh, that Goose was a Flurgan. I knew the cat was an alien. Yeah. But uh, other stuff, <laughs> I know my tidbits. Like I knew Black Panther. I knew nothing about Black Panther going into Black Panther, and I still enjoyed it. I know he's. I know he's the richest comic book character in the world of comic book heroes. He's the richest, um, and I knew he was married to Storm, but they split up during X Men versus Avengers storyline. Oh, okay, I believe they divorced. Hmm. So, so there's and I didn't know much about Thanos going into the giant. I didn't knew nothing about the Guardians of the Galaxy. Which I don't think a lot of people knew about. The, I think only the diehards knew about the Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. But uh, I still enjoyed a lot, a bulk of those movies. Yeah, me too. Like I didn't, I didn't know anything about like yeah Thanos or or Black Panther. But I, I really did enjoy those movies. They were very well done. And then like I enjoyed you know Thanos and his character and and what he brought and yeah. Oh, well, it's good. <laughs> to, to keep pounding our, to keep driving our point home is, you guys, as a, as a universe of nerds, let's just try to be a little more open minded when it comes to this stuff. Exactly. If you if you don't like Robert Pattinson as Batman, you know what? At least watch it. Don't go online and complain about it. Just mm-hmm. watch it. Give us give us chance. If, yeah. Even if you watch the trailer, okay, I don't like it. Okay, stay home, watch, watch BVS, watch Dark Knight, watch Batman Returns. Mm. Yeah, make be if you want to complain about it, watch it first and then have some feedback. Be constructive in your criticism. Don't just make a big, you know, don't be jumping to conclusions. Is basically the thing. Don't let your mind. Just race ahead and say, no, this is a horrible idea. This is stupid. Why did they do it? I don't like this. This wasn't in the comics. Whatever your reason may be, which there's like 14 million in one of them, I'm sure. But <laughs> but just be willing to accept the character, accept the world, and what the vision of the people writing it and the people directing it are going to do know and respect what they're doing. They're, they have this idea in their head and they finally are able to do it. So respect the fact that they actually get to do this and make something out of a world and have a little piece of it. So, yeah, don't, don't be jumping to conclusions. Just, you know, you can watch it, give it a chance. You don't like it, well, that's fine. At least you, you gave it a try. So that's that's all we're preaching right now is just <clears throat> be open-minded. Just go in blank slate and, you know, see what happens, and then you can review it after. Uh, and when it comes to things like remakes, I give you guys and gals the same advice I gave Melissa when I pitched the, the female Ghostbusters to her. Do not go in comparing it to the original because then you are automatically going to have the mindset you're not going to like it. It's nowhere near as good as the original. And I've told Melissa, no. The original's here, but this one is just as good. 
This one's good on its own accord. Nothing's ever going to touch the first Ghostbusters movie. No, nothing. Yeah, Brad Dorf is the pedestal when it comes to voicing Chucky, but Mark Hamill does a great job too. Mm-hmm. And I also think, come on, when it, especially when it comes to like the more nerd culture themed movies, like comic book movies, <coughs> keep in mind they are not making these movies for us. Because they target just the comic book guys, just the Lord of the Rings fans, just the Harry Potter people, just insert like just the Doctor Who, just James Bond, just Indiana Jones, just Star Wars fans. They're not getting all that money. Mm-hmm. They're gonna something that's gonna bring in mom, dad, brother, sister. They're gonna get that whole family in there. Yep, they're gonna they're gonna have the kids, you know. Playing, playing them out, dressing them up, you know, dressing as them as for Halloween, or, you know, that's what they're doing. You know, they're encouraging that sort of, you know, it's like the family movie or the, you know, or expanding the imagination of kids, and, you know, that's what they're doing. They're, they're not, yeah, yeah, you know, we like to nitpick because we just know a few more details, but, you know, we shouldn't be nitpicking. It's just for fun. We watch the movie because we love the characters. We love the world that they're in. And, you know, that's what we should do. We shouldn't, you know, we can critique it after, but don't go into it completely, like, you know, blinders on, not, you know, oh, was this going to happen? This didn't, you know. No, just watch it for watching it because that's what it is. And we're blessed to live in a world where we are getting so much content now. So much. So let's not ruin it by being nitpicky about it. You know? And I'm probably still going to have my moments after after this episode. I'm, remember to catch yourself. And you're not going to be cured overnight. We're not looking to cure anybody anyway. We're not like trying to treat you like Jack Nicholson one floor of the cuckoo's nest. We're not going to give you a frontal lobotomy and try to cure you to make you fit in. Let's <laughs> nope. try to put the bug in your head. Yeah, Rob. Uh, what was it? Edward Cullen's our new Batman. <laughs> okay. Padme is our new Thor. Yeah, oh. yeah I was. I'll, I'll even admit, I was. I'm still on the fence. But oh. I'm willing to. Say that, you know, she'll do what she'll do with it. So, you know, it won't it won't stop me from from seeing it. I may I may joke that like the title of the the film sounds like a bad eighties movie, but it doesn't mean I'm not gonna go see it to actually, you know, see how it's gonna be. And it it may be awesome. We'll see. Yes. So, Melissa, how about this? Last episode, we issued a challenge to do the Poindexter Thriller dance. <laughs> so, how about we challenge ourselves and we all challenge our listeners that we watch something that we've been stubborn about? So, right now, I just mentioned the other day I have not seen the Michael Bay Ninja Turtle movies mm-hmm. because I am not a fan of Megan Fox. I wasn't a fan of the fact that he was going to have them be aliens instead of mutants. I was intrigued to see Bebop and Rocksteady in a movie finally. So I will pledge right now 
to break down my stubborn bears, I will watch the two Michael Bay Ninja Turtles movies. Melissa, what are you going to watch? Hmm, that's a tough question. Um, hmm. You know what? I'm going to watch because I've. I didn't really get into the first one, but I, I kind of want to watch the second one. The. Um, the. Uh, the second Kill Bill, Volume 2. That one, I was like, I want to continue that, that story, but I was like, I didn't really get into the first one. So I'm like, uh, so that's the one I'm going to watch. I'm finally going to. I'm going to watch it and see what it's all about. So, so yeah. let us know on social media. This is this is a challenge we are issuing to you, our junior ambassadors, our nerds and nerds. Find something you've been holding out on just because you didn't like who was cast in it or how it was set up. I'm going with the Michael Bay Ninja Turtle movies. Melissa's going with Kill Bill Volume 2. Let us know on Facebook or Twitter what you're going to try. Yeah, I'll also... Put it up on social media in case you forget. I'll post on Twitter and Facebook. Just the the watch something you know that you've been stubborn about and let us know and give a mini review of what you thought about it because we would really like to know what you you know are you not so sure you feel like you maybe wasted your time with it or you feel like huh why didn't I watch this years ago so yeah we'll post it up on there and um, we hope to can't wait to hear from you. So you can uh, get to us on social media at United Nations Podcast on Twitter and Facebook, and pretty soon we will have we'll have an Instagram eventually. At the time of this recording, it'll post the same stuff you see from here. But now I like the, I like this fact that we're starting to issue challenges now. I think we should start doing this. This is what two episodes in a row now we've issued challenges to people. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, we'll we'll keep it fun and lighthearted. And there's gonna be no prizes or anything, guys. It's just it's fun for the sake of having fun, you know. Yeah. Well, like well the first challenge was the f- the first challenge was having fun for the sake of having fun. This one's trying to break down those walls a little bit. Let's mm-hmm. let's fear to quote uh, in Vogue: "Free your mind, the rest will follow." <laughs> <laughs> Color blind, don't be so shallow. <laughs> yeah. So, Melissa, yeah. where can uh, where can our junior ambassadors find you? You can. Our junior ambassadors can find me on um, Twitter at Miss Melissa N, and you can also find me on Instagram at the same uh, handle. Follow me in all my shenanigans. Where can and they find you, Jared? Well, if you want to see pictures of my cats or me doing tug of war or my random drawings once in a while, you can find me at QCA Mr. J. M I S T A J. As a Mr. J. QCA just stands for Quad Cities Area. Um. You can also now find us on Apple Podcasts as well as Podbean, our our home. 
the home of the United Nations. Now we we flew back. We just flew back to our respective countries from Adams College after the last episode. Just flew in from Adams College. Boy, are my arms tired. Yeah. Oh, I'm worn out. <laughs> <laughs> Why did say, race? Huh? That wasn't fair. <laughs> oh, all I was going to say, it's going to be a great year. <laughs> 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 Oh, oh, we have fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it's all about. Guys, we hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. We got a little real, got a little controversial by saying, oh, they actually liked Hellboy 2019. But uh, we did. We're not going to apologize for it. I'll tell some old random old lady in the street that I loved David Harbour as Hellboy. If, if you have a problem with that, you have a problem with us. I suggest you let that marinate. <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> well, guys, we hope we hope you we've we hope you uh, we broke down some walls with you guys. We didn't. It wasn't meant to have like a. I didn't turn the chair around and have real talk with you. Just wanted to put the little bug in here, and we hope you accept our challenge of like finding something you've been stubborn about. Maybe you didn't like Ben Affleck being cast as Batman, so now you're gonna check out BVS or Justice League or something. Maybe you're gonna check out a Harry Potter movie. You're gonna watch uh, the Last Jedi, or you're gonna watch the Last Hobbit movie. Me, like I said, I'm gonna watch two Ninja Turtle mo- movies made by Michael Bay. Maybe somebody will watch Hellboy 2019 out of this. Maybe somebody will watch 2016 Ghostbusters. But I will tell you guys what I tell Melissa. Go in without... Don't go in comparing to the original. Go in with an open mind. Maybe we convinced you to watch Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. But we're nerds. We're a fun bunch. But we're also very finicky. Very picky. We can all work together and try to better ourselves a little bit by trying something new. Make like Elsa in, from Frozen and let it go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, Melissa, any parting words for our junior ambassadors? Just be open-minded and be excellent to each other. <laughs> and party on, dudes. <laughs> And remember, we're nerds, and uh, we're pretty proud of it. See you guys next time. The thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone. And do not represent the companies they happen to work for. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys.